0: Isaiah chapter number 6. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll pick up here in verse number 3. Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for the privilege to be in the house of God tonight. Thank you for the good singing that we've heard. Thank you for the liberty that we've felt. And I pray now these next few moments, God, that you'll give us the words to speak. And Lord, I pray that you would lead and guide our tongue and help us not to say anything, Lord, that would not be your will. And I pray most of all that you get glory and honor, and we'll thank you for what you do. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. 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 I'll notice this morning in Isaiah chapter number 6 how that uh, we saw in the first four verses Isaiah's vision. And he talks about in verse number 1 the period of this vision, how that it was in the year that King Uzziah died. And then there was the person of this vision. It wasn't about Uzziah, but notice in verse number 1 he said, I saw the Lord. Amen. I saw also uh, the Lord. And in seeing that person, uh, he talked about his throne, that he said, upon that throne. He talked about his title, that he's high, and he lifted up. And he talked about his train and the temple, how that the train filled that temple there. And so Isaiah talks about the period of this vision. He talks about the person of this vision. And then in verse number two, he talks about the protection of this vision. He said that there stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain they covered his face. With twain they covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. So Isaiah, in talking about these angels, these seraphims, uh, who were used uh, as uh, uh, to protect the throne, they were used uh, as uh, cleansing agents, we'll see here in just a few moments, uh, but when Isaiah talked about these uh, angelic beings, he talked about their wings, uh, and he talked about their work, amen, that they were servants uh, around the throne of God. And that's in Isaiah's vision, as he saw the person of that vision, and, and the protection of that vision and the period of that vision. And then when we come to verse number three, I want you to notice in verse number three in Isaiah's vision here that he talks about the purity and he talks about the praise of that vision there. As Isaiah makes this proclamation, he said that there was one of those seraphims cried unto another and said holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So when he makes this great proclamation. Then this proclamation, he talks about the purity of it, and he talks about the praise of it. As he declares uh, three times, he says, holy, holy, holy. Now, I think you would agree tonight uh, that when he made that proclamation, he made that because of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Isn't that right? You know, God is a triune God. Amen? Uh, Listen, they're three separate, but yet they coexist. Uh, They're equal. Amen? And we are made in the image of god man is a body man is a soul and man is a spirit my soul is not my body and my spirit is not my soul and my body is not my soul nor my spirit but yet when you put them together we're all one isn't that right and so that's the best way to describe the trinity tonight is that the father the son and the holy ghost are different but yet they're one amen and all three of them are holy can i get a witness on that God is a holy God. His spirit is a holy spirit. His son is a holy son. His book is a holy book. His heaven is a holy place. Uh, His throne is a holy throne. His blood is a holy blood. Uh, His peace uh, is a holy peace. Uh, I'm telling you, his promises are holy promises tonight. And his people are to be a holy people. Isn't that right? We're a peculiar people, but we are to be a holy people. First Peter chapter five says, And be ye holy as he which hath called you is holy. And then he said, be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Isn't that right? And that word conversation means our, life, our living, our manner of living, amen? I'm telling you, God's people is to be a holy people. The church is to be a holy church. And I tell you, God is forever working us in the image of his son. You know why? Because he wants to make us holy, amen? Now I know I'll not be perfectly holy down here, nor will you. But thank God one of these days, you know what he's gonna do in in the rapture? He's gonna eradicate the flesh, amen? and I'll tell you on resurrection morning they sang about it earlier guess what we're going to come up uh, and if we're still living here the Bible says we're going to be changed the moment the twinkle of an eye at the last trump and it said this in the next verse for this mortal shall put on immortality 1 Corinthians 15 and this corruptible shall put on incorruption what is that God is going to take the unholy that is left in us uh, and thank God on resurrection morning and on that rapture he's going to make us holy so everything Thing that I am not, that revival won't fix down here. You know what? The rapture is going to fix up there. Amen. He's going to listen. He's going to perfect and finish uh, the work that he started uh, the day that he saved you and I. Amen. I don't know where who said this, but it's a good saying. It said that when's man. Well, you think do think about man's body, soul, and his spirit. And when man has a, his body has a right relationship with the material world, he's healthy. What that means is, is that he takes care of himself if he is doing what is right. Now, uh, listen, uh, he has, he's healthy in this world. It means that he's taken care. We ought to take care of the temple. Isn't that right? I don't think you ought to be a health nut. Somebody say amen. I mean, take good care of yourself. Exercise. I, I do all that stuff that I'm not doing. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and eat right and, and, you know, drink plenty of water and, and get plenty of sleep, you know, do all them things you're supposed to. Uh, uh, but, you know, uh, some of the most miserable people I ever met in life, you know, they're all natural and they, and they, and they suck on uh, figs, you know, and, they, and, they, and, you know, they eat nuts till they turn into one, amen. And if you're one of those, uh, listen, you can be healthy without being crazy. Somebody say amen right there. I mean, a little sugar ain't gonna hurt nobody. Come on now. Amen. I knew I'd get one amen out of that. I mean, listen, I don't think you ought to eat a, eat a donut every day. You'll gain 30 pounds. But one a year wouldn't hurt nobody. Amen. I read a story about a lady one time. She went one year and didn't, she didn't eat no sugar for one year. And she, had, she said, I lost all desire for sugar. And she said then... She said it it came time for, uh, I don't know who it was, a family member, somebody uh, had a birthday and she decided to make them a birthday cake and and she made that birthday cake and she iced it down real good and she thought, you know, there's a little bit of icing left in that bowl and she thought, I'm just going to take one, you know, just one little finger lick. She did that and she ate the whole cake. Amen. I mean, one piece wouldn't have hurt her, but I wouldn't advise anybody to eat the whole cake. But when a man's relationship, uh, listen, when his body is in a right relationship with the materialistic world, he's healthy. When his spirit is in the, or soul is in the right relationship with the psychological world, he's he's happy, he's at peace. Uh, the Bible said, thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind uh, is stayed on thee. Now the words, uh, uh, listen, psychological, that's not some, I'm not talking about psychological babble uh, and counsel from this world, uh, uh, but God gave us a mind. Isn't that right? He gave us a, and listen, when, when our spirit and when our soul is in, in in connection in the right connection with that, uh, uh, then we're happy. When our mind is stayed on Him, uh, and then when our spirit that is made alive, uh, uh, listen when it's in connection with the spiritual world, then we're holy. Amen. And God's design is that we be healthy, that we be happy, and that we be holy. Amen. And we're to be in connection with those. But what makes the difference uh, is spirituality. And friend, the Bible says here when He talks about this vision, He saw. Oh, a holy God, amen? And if we're, gonna, if we're gonna be in the image of that holy God, uh, then that means we ought to live uh, a holy life. Uh, and so he talks about the purity of that vision, but then he talks about the praise of that vision. He said the whole earth is full of his glory. Do you know tonight we live in a sin-cursed world, don't we? But yet even in a sin-cursed world, you can look around and see the glory of God Everywhere. Do you realize that tonight? God's glory is everywhere around us. Someone might say, well, Is God really real? Oh, is there a God in heaven? All you have to do is open your eyes, friend, and look around at the rocks and the rivers and the creeks and the trees. The meadows praise his name. Every time the wind blows and brushes through the the, the trees, they magnify and they flap their, 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 their limbs and they glorify God. The sound of music that first sounded did not come out of a horn and it didn't come from a string, but it came in the cool of the day when God God came walking in. I want to tell you all of heaven worshipped and all of creation praised his name. And can I tell you, listen the snowcaps are a picture of God's glory on the mountaintop and the rivers that run down those massive rivers and the waves and the white caps that come in and crash on the, on the evening tide. All of that is a picture of the glory of God. The sunrise and the sunset have you ever seen one of those and just been mesmerized? You know what you're mesmerize that? The glory of God in a sin-cursed world. I'm telling you, friend, when you look out across the valley and you see the, 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 the fog settle in like a smoke and it hovers around those mountaintops and it looks like a painting. You know what you're witnessing? You're witnessing the glory of God. The earth is full of God's glory. It doesn't matter. Listen, you can go up north or you can go down south. It doesn't matter if it's morning time or night. You can see the glory of God. You can walk out there right now tonight and look up in the heavens and the stars that are shining, are shining the glory of God and the moon that's given off its glow. It's glowing and glorifying the God that created it. You can look up. You can look down. You can look around. You can look down in the valley and see the lily spread out through that valley. You can see the flowers that come. And my friend, when the desert blooms, it all reveals That there is a God in heaven, there is a creator, there is one that stood out on nothing, and in his infinite wisdom and in his infinite power, he spoke the world and the heavens into existence. Amen. I want to tell you, the earth is full of the glory of God. I'm about to think myself happy, amen. I'll tell you, if you don't believe that, just look around this room, amen, and look at everybody sitting here. You know who we are? We're made in the image of God, amen. Amen. If you don't believe there's a God, look. Look around. I know some people are ugly, but they can't help it. I mean, we do live in a sin-cursed world. (laughs) But you know what? You ought to thank God. You're made in God's image. I remember sitting in Bible college one time and, uh, and uh, uh, I never forgot this word because it blew my mind when he said it. The, 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 the teacher got up and he said, you know, we're gonna talk about the anthropomorphical relationship between God and man. And I thought, what? I never use that word unless I'm making fun of it. And he, I thought, what is, what in the world? Anthropomorphical relationship?" Between. What it means is, is that God has ears, and so do we. The Bible says that his ear is not heavy, that he cannot hear. He has eyes. His eyes are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto our prayer. The hand of the Lord is not shortened, that he cannot he has. The Bible said the clouds are the dust of his feet. God has has feet. The Bible said uh, that the arm of the Lord is revealed. He has an arm you know when the Bible uses that terminology every one of us can identify with that because we have ears and we have eyes and we have hands and we have feet and we have arms and we can relate to all of that there may be a lot of things in the Bible we can't relate to but we can relate to that you know why because when God created man he created man in his very image amen God has a face no man can see the face of God and live is what he told Moses and I want to tell you friend Jesus said if you've seen me, you've seen the father on the Mount of transfiguration. He prayed uh, and listened. His his humanity had to give way to his deity. But where did it start? It started in his face. Amen. I'm telling you, the glory of God came out of the face of Jesus Christ uh, because Jesus is God. Amen. Uh, And we're made in the image of that. So when I see another human being, it's a reminder that we're not just some tadpole that come out of a pond somewhere and grew a tail and climbed up a tree like a monkey and swung down, amen, and landed in a, in a classroom somewhere. So no, there's a God in heaven, and reached down in a mud ball one day and formed a man that had clay lungs and a clay heart and a clay feet. God made him out in His very image, and then God did something more miraculous. He leaned over and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man, man became a living soul. Hallelujah. And tonight, when you think about that, the earth is filled with the glory of God. You know, one of the reasons God loves man, he's made in his image, in his likeness. And God didn't want one man to go to hell. I never have believed Calvinist, Amen, because God loved men too much. You want to be saved, you can be saved. If you're willing to be saved, God's more willing to save you than you're willing to be saved. The Bible said, he that cometh to me, in no wise, cast him out. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And the Bible said, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? And when Isaiah saw this vision, he saw the praise. He got his eyes off the politician and he got his eyes on the Lord. And he said, you know what? There's a lot of bad things happening around. There's a lot of things going upside down in Isaiah's day. But after he saw the Lord, he said, you know what? The whole earth is filled with the glory of God. Why? Why should I worry? Why should I care? Why should I live in fear when I can just step outside and I can see a tree and I can see a flower and I can see a hilltop and I can see a rock and know that the God I serve and the God I know and the God I love he put every one of them right there and he knows where every one of them are at. God knows every blade of grass that's on this mud ball he knows every star that's in the sky, he knows every grain of sand that's in the seashore, he knows every drop of water. He knows every cloud that's spread out. And if he knows all of that, he knows where you and I are at tonight. Oh, listen, Isaiah, he saw this vision. And tonight, that's what real revival is. It's when we get a vision of the Lord. Amen. That we see him. You know, some people can sit through weeks of meeting and leave the same way they came because they refuse to see him. Why is it some people can come to church? I don't think I'm going to finish this tonight. Why is it some people can come to a meeting and sit there and just, I mean, just every service, they're just, they're, it's not, they're just they're just taking it in and then they're just getting help. And others are, they're praying for the meeting. They're praying, Lord, please don't let preacher go another week. Why is that? Friend, it's all, it all comes down to who you see what you see. You might be surprised what, you, what God would do in your life if you said, you know what, I'm going to church every night on purpose to see one person. That's the Lord. I'm gonna see what God will do for me tonight. I see his vision. I see see Isaiah's vexation here in verse 5. Then said I, woe is me for I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. I I don't know about you but that that last phrase really gets a hold of my heart. Mine eyes have seen the king but Isaiah in verse number 5 it's important to note that that what he sees first is in verse 5 is he sees his need as he says woe is me for I am undone and that word undone means to be ruined of judgment it means uh, destruction and Isaiah sees his own need you gotta remember he's been crying out woes against the nation but when he sees the Lord in chapter 6 he sees himself for who he really is and can I tell you something when people get close to God they won't brag about themselves they won't promote themselves they won't feel like they're spiritual nobody that's ever walks close to God feels like they're spiritual because if you ever really get close to Him, you see how dirty you are and how holy He he is and you just never measure up. Isn't that right? That's a good thing because we see ourselves, and Isaiah sees his need. You know, that's what God wants to do. He wants to show every one of us who we really are and then He sees His nation. Look what He said in verse number five. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. He said, I'm unclean, Lord, and I dwell in the midst of a people. Wouldn't that be true about America tonight? America, it is dirty tonight. Our nation is a sin-sick nation. We have a Christian heritage, and I thank God for our heritage, don't you? But I'll tell you, that heritage has a cloud of sin over it tonight because of the murder of innocent children and the legalizing of gambling and the legalizing of of, of pornography and the legalizing of of alcohol, booze, the, the devil's brew and, and the legalizing now of marijuana and the list of sins, heinous sins just go on and on. And they're going to continue to go on and on in this wicked nation that, that we so love tonight just as I say loved the nation of Israel and his heart was broken. I think your heart and my heart is broken for that about that fact tonight. But can I encourage you in verse number five, in spite of how dirty the nation was, look what he said. He said, for mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Hey, I got good news for you tonight. I'm glad that in 2021, when this country seems like it's going down the tubes and everything else has turned upside down, I'm glad we can still come to church in January uh, and we don't have to hang our heads. Uh, We don't have to live in defeat, you know why? Because we can still see the king, amen? Uh, The same God uh, that blessed us in Uh, 2020 is the same God uh, that wants to meet with us uh, and bless us in 2021. Uh, And the same God that helped us then is the same God that's gonna help us now. He saw us through our yesterdays. Uh, He'll be with us today uh, and hallelujah. He's gonna see us through our tomorrows I, I'm glad we can still see the king tonight amen and I see him don't you he's wonderful I like that old song I can't sing it or I would that old song that says Jesus 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 there's just something about that name kings and kings and kingdoms well, it doesn't say they may but they will all pass away. But there's something about that name. Our savior don't make us kill nobody. Our savior don't make us strap bombs to ourselves and walk into a building and take the lives of innocent people. Our Savior doesn't cause us to hate anybody. Our Savior takes a heart full of hate and empties it out and fills it with a heart full of love. Our Savior doesn't make us fear, but it takes a heart full of fear and the poor pours it full of faith and gives us hope for tomorrow and a brighter future. Hey, our salvation this evening, i tell you what happens when a man sees the king. Thank God he'll get off a drunkard street. God'll change his hitch and post. He can take a man that looks like She's destitute a woman that looks like she's destitute but if they ever see the king they'll be different amen he'll pull them out of the gutter from the guttermost to the uttermost there's not a person god can't save there's not a problem that god can't solve hey don't look around but get your eyes on the king hallelujah i said a while ago that i i felt some depression last night It was probably more oppression than depression. And I got up this morning and I I looked out the window. Still dark outside. But, uh, you know, my neighbor, he's got these birds he feeds. And, uh, you know, I I don't know why anybody wants to feed birds other than God. God. And if you feed birds, that's wonderful. But these birds, they'll come around and they'll just peck on the window. They do all kinds of things, you know. I won't even go and describe all the things they do. (laughs) But they do a lot. And so I have to to go behind and clean up a lot of what they do. But every now and then, I I look out that window right there in my office and there's that one tree that they, and you ever done this? You know, these birds used to get on my nerves. I thought, man, I, I just don't like them being here. There's trees everywhere, and they got to get right here and make all this racket and make this mess. But they've been there long enough now that they've kind of grown on me just a little bit. I thought, well, I don't have to feed them, you know. And uh, But I looked out there, and I saw these birds this morning. They were just sitting there just all still, you know, like a good Baptist on Sunday. <laughs> Heads all hunkered down. They looked like they were still sleeping. And, and a few minutes later, you know what, I was sitting there... And I heard one of them go chirping. And when one of them started, then I heard another one. And I knew the sun sun was coming up, but I really knew it was coming up when I heard the birds go to singing. And all it took was one of them. And when one of them started, he must have woke the whole crowd up because I'm telling you, at the end of about seven seven or eight, and then the sun starts peeking through. I want to tell you, friend, the sun is coming up in the morning. And I sat there many mornings and I thought when them birds go to sing and I know that sun's just over the horizon. And so do they. They know the night's been dark and they know that it's been long but they, when they start, they know when the sun's about to come up they don't know probably the time I don't think a one of them could tell you the hour or the minute, but they know that things are changing fastly around them and they know it's just going to be a little while and they're going to see a light come over that hilltop I want to tell you friend, I don't know the day and I don't know the hour, but I sure want to sing in that last hour of the day amen? because I don't know the time but I do know this it ain't too much longer and the sun coming over the hilltop. Woo, hallelujah. And brother, we're gonna get out of here. I say in these last days, let's don't live in defeat, but let's march on to victory. Let's sing louder than we've ever sung. Let's preach more than we've ever preached. Let's shout more than we've ever shouted. God is still real. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? All oh, you got to do is see the king. I, I see Isaiah's vexation. And then I want to see him clothes, and I see his visitation. The Bible said in verse six, then flew one of the seraphims unto me having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. I notice the agent is a seraphim. It's an angel. The action that he takes is he gets a live coal in his hand and he takes it. Notice what he does in verse, verse number seven. He puts it upon his mouth. And he makes an announcement in verse 7. He said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. This seraphim comes and takes a live coal off the altar of God and puts it on Isaiah's lips. Remember, Isaiah said in verse number 4 that he was a man, verse number 5 of unclean lips. He puts that coal on, that, on his lips. Why? That was for purification. He had been cleansed. Not just him, but his people. He said, thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin is purged. I read that this morning. I thought to myself, I think I've been there many times. Isaiah sees God and when he sees God, he sees how wicked he really is. That's what a good church service will do for you. You get in the presence of a holy God, you just feel so unworthy, don't you? I, don't, I think the reason there's so much performance and pride on our platforms and from the pulpit to the singing to preaching and everything, is because there's not enough God in there. You can always tell when a church is losing the power of God because it goes from holiness to performance. It becomes a show business. It becomes uh, uh, this becomes a stage. It, it's no longer a platform. It's it's a stage and, and performance. But I'm telling you, in a good worship service, there's no performance. Amen. I'm telling you, you never know where God's gonna put one of them coals down, amen? He may put it on somebody that can't carry a tune in a bucket, but they'll just get up. They may stand up right in the middle of a pew and start singing and their voice quivering and on two or three different notes, but I tell you, God reaches down, puts a coal on them and touches them and he reaches out and blesses every one of us, amen? He'll show up sometime in a preacher's sermon in a way that no one ever expected. You know why? That's God, amen? That's not odd, friend. That's just God working, I tell you, when Isaiah saw the Lord, he saw himself. He repented. He called out to God. And God came to where he was. And he cleansed him. And he blessed him. And he blessed his nation tonight. I still believe this. No matter how far gone this country looks, I still believe what I'm about to say tonight on the authority of this book and this verse, very much this passage along with others. That if God's people would turn back to him in this country Oh, the impact it would make from shore to shore. There's not a Democrat nor a Republican that could stop it. All the army of hell, no manner of of persecution could withstand it. The power of God is the most powerful force and it lies within his people tonight. A lot of churches could quit playing church if they just repent and get right tonight. I think it's the desire... the majority, if not all, here tonight is we just want to have a place where he visits with us. I really don't care tonight i there's a lot of things we could go around and say, "Well, you know our church could use this, and our church could use that, but I won't be honest with you to have what we have is worth all it's worth more than silver and gold tonight. Amen you know i I go to churches sometimes and I see their facilities. And I thought, man, I, boy, I wish we had that in our church. You know, man, I wish we had. I, I was in a church not too long ago. They had a door right behind the piano right there. And, you know, I kind of wondered what that was. And, and, and I saw people coming. And, and, and they had like a whole music room right in that door, air-conditioned, climbing. Go in there and hang all your instruments up. And, well, wouldn't that be nice if, if you that play instruments? And he just stayed there, and they could just walk right in there. And get. I thought, man, whoever thought of that? That was good thinking. They didn't have to have all these guitar cases all over the place, you know. It's all in there, hung up. Oh, that's pretty nice. Hey, people's always coming out with something new, aren't they? Pull up in a church, and, and it seemed like they just they got everything, and that's wonderful if God lets you have it. But I wouldn't take any of that tonight to trade what I have felt in this place. Last 23 years. I wouldn't trade it for anything tonight. I'm telling you, if we had to go meet out there in that field, stand out there in that field, if that's the only place we could go, I'd rather go out there tonight, wouldn't you? And feel the presence of God. Watch people get saved and homes get help and lives get changed. Young people, I want to tell you something tonight. Don't you get older and think, well, I I might try visiting around somewhere no, you stay where God planted you. Amen. Now, I know you girls may marry some some boy and against my better judgment go somewhere else. You ought to at least try to tell them that you marry in, not out. <laughs> it's not biblical, but... <laughs> but don't get older and go to some contemporary church. Amen. Don't get the mentality that, well, I just want to try something. No, you stay with God in old-time religion. And God may not always allow this, but if you can go to church with your parents, that's a good thing. Family can worship together if the church stays right. But stay where God is.